The summer is almost over. Welcome to TK's A Brigade. I am your host, TK. Today, I have a guest on with me who hails from Nashville, Tennessee. His name is Michael Rocco Guido. Now, Michael and I met over the phone. This guy's a godly man as well as a fellow musician. And so I reached out to Michael quite a few months back and asked him to come and jump on with me and just share his story about his journey, uh, how he got saved, you know, everything that he's done in music. He has worked with some amazing, talented, very uh, notable people. And so I asked him to come share his story. And he said, well, it's a long story, T, so do you have enough time? I said, well, let's just do it a few different times. So we're going to dive on today with Michael and just kind of talk about his life and where it started. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. So tune in now here on TK's Abergay. Whatever you're willing to talk about, brother, I am willing to listen. Um, I am an open book myself. I'm very forward and blunt. Uh, Sometimes I'm a little too uh, honest about uh, the flavor of a of a dish at dinner, but it's, uh, I think that uh, it would be cool to hear how you kind of got where you are, and I would love to hear. I would just love to hear all of it, man. So wh- whatever you want to share, man, I'm I'm game to listen to. Well, hopefully you've got a a lot of time, energy, and willingness to listen because, as I told you when you we first talked, or one of the times. Um, my desire, uh, and it's been a recent prayer of mine, is you age, you start reflecting, going, you know, Lord, you've done so much, but I don't have um, all this stuff documented. And I've done this all by faith, not for any financial gain. or I, It's just hard to describe what God called me out of to do what I do. Uh, it wasn't to do it for a job. It never was a vocation of mine. It was a calling. So... When I did that, I, I felt like God just recently had spoken to my heart in the aging process. Michael, um, how about you just ask me? Ask you? Okay. As your, ask me as your daddy, what's really the desire of your heart? Okay. And I said, well, I feel at this age, Lord, I want everything you have for me. Uh-huh. I want everything before I come to be with you forever because I know living a legacy is the only way you live one. So I want my kids to see you honor the sacrifices and my wife that they made way more than mine. Because like you, it was a dream. I I mean, I didn't dream about being on the road. I just dreamed about this need for guys to be more passionate about God so their music would be better. And I told Striper at the beginning, listen, if you guys, I've prayed for just four men, three, four men, that want God more than they want anything because then they'll love their wife and family, God with all their heart, and then they can love their wife and family. But you can't really do that if you don't put God first. So that was my prayer. I want everything you have and I want to give it all away. And then he gave me this promise of the joy of Jubilee. Uh, And I really struggle with that because I've come out of a very religious background, right? You know, just a very Catholic background that says you have to do works. And nothing against the Catholic Church because I've reconciled the healing there. Every church is flawed because it's touched by man. And I was amazed as I went on, I saw so much truth in the Catholic Church, as you do as you heal in anything, right? Like the the things that, that traumatize you are the things that heal you. 
because they kill your knowledge and they give you his wisdom, you know. You're limited in your knowledge of your understanding of circumstances from the abuses of your childhood to the things that you don't know what the other person went through and they all carry into the rest of your life as an adult if you don't deal with it. That's true. And it's, it, but it's a lifetime of dealing with it. So that, that was basically when you reached out was a big premise of my wife said, I think you should respond because I don't spend time on Facebook or Instagram. Well, maybe Instagram too much because I love some of the comedy on Instagram. <laughs> right. But you got to be dangerous because there's too much other stuff there that can really sidetrack you. Amen to that. I'm not just talking about the lust of the flesh. I'm talking about just stuff that will depress you. That's true. You know? There's so and much so when, Right. So I, I don't spend a lot of time on Facebook reading what people say to me because all I do is put up scripture verses. And that's basically for my Catholic family and my wives who they say, man, I read your sermon. I got my sermon. And they go, I go, no, that's just scripture in a language that you can understand <laughs> rather than Latin, you know? Yeah, right. So that's good. Or, or King James. And the, the funny thing is people are so determined to say King James is what we're going to speak in heaven or this is what we're going to speak in heaven. I'm going, really? You really? I think God just wants us to have an understanding of the love and the heart behind the message. And we get that we're probably going to speak Aramaic or Hebrew, but I doubt if it's going to be, well, it's going to be one language, right? True. Because if you think of the book of Acts, I digress again. <laughs> the book of... The book of Acts was where God showed up in the early church and they all spoke in their own language. They didn't speak in wooby gooby, crazy language. Right. That's where the interpretation comes from. But they all understood each other. They didn't have translators. They just all knew that what they were speaking and my revelation recently is that was love. Because they felt his presence, they had love to understand and be passionate for the other person's heart and compassionate for each other. And I don't see that in the church too much. And so we have all these issues that we're fighting over rather than um, settling into his love, you know? Mm -hmm. So that being said, my life began in a very deficit of feeling very broken and unloved. That was a long answer. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's please a, chop them up. <laughs> please chop them. Up. <laughs> it's funny you bring up Acts real quick, Michael, because uh, as we're sitting here talking, uh, I have a King James version on my uh, desk here in the studio, and oh, the God authorized version. <laughs> and uh, I, I was, <laughs> I, I, I literally just opened the word. No, Th that is crazy though. Can we just can we just pause for a, a, a split second, Michael, and, and go of all the of all the scriptures that. I that the Holy Spirit led me to to open the Bible to right. It was this this particular chapter and verse, and then you and you speak on Acts, and you know it talks about you know Saul's talking about how he heard a voice from heaven saying, "Saul, why are you persecuting me?" And he said, "Who are you?" And he said, "I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting." And Paul's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to paraphrase too much. But the point is, is that and you don't want to. And you don't want to skip over a divine moment and just pluck. Oh, that's just coincidence because coincidence is just divine intervention that you neglect. Right. Neglect and regard as your own little accident. That's true. So he says, let's start here in the Book of Acts, 
and I was going to follow up with the book of Acts going back to Old Testament yeah. where he showed up because they wanted to be him in his love he brought Babylon Ooh. now you're getting deep he now brought con- he brought confusion to their language that wasn't restored until he died and resurrected Ooh, man. he said Terry he said sit still do you find any people sitting still pandemic didn't do it isn't that right crazy? Globally, it still didn't do it. No, I mean, bro, you know what freaks me out was seeing Paris, France, and, you know, the Arc de Triomphe, seeing Venice canals clean and fish for, and we're going, God's trying to restore the earth, but that's not it. He's trying to restore us to prepare us for the new heaven. Come on. And the new earth. Come on. And he's, and, and we're still trying to pollute it with busyness, working our way into frantic silver masks and arguing. Isn't it weird? 9 11 brought us close. And a little virus tore us apart, every family in separate ways. We had pro-mask, no mask, pro-vax, no vax. We had, you know, haters of Trump, lovers of Trump, Biden advocates, conspiracy theory. I mean, we have chosen a government of the U.S. shoulders, not God's shoulders. Mm. The government is upon his shoulders. And he said, my kingdom is not of this world. He said, my kingdom is altogether other than in its love. Mm. Because the truth is, if you want to know that God is love, every language says it, every religion says it, but only God displayed it in his son, Jesus. And only in Jesus do you find perfect love. Come on. You're never going to be, you're never going to be 1 Corinthians 13. And no one that you talk to or podcast to will ever live out 1 Corinthians 13. But why they fight it with this statement about the Holy Spirit, because they can't take credit. Wow. Now, they don't consciously think that, but Adam heard God say, okay, here's what I want you to do. Hold each other accountable. And what does he do? He goes out and starts naming animals. Yep. And he was, where was he? He was on the road. Man, I'm busy. I mean, I got places to go. I got things to do. You know, God trusted me with this ministry. You know, I'm naming animals, right? Yep. You came out of me, so I know better. So submit, woman. And God says, Adam, where are you in your heart? And where are you in your location? Because your wife's talking to a snake. Wow. Evil was, evil was already in Adam. Can't blame it on Eve. He wasn't, he was disobedient to the heavenly calling to be a covering for his wife. That's an interesting perspective, all... man, for sure. I've never seen it through that lens. And I grew up in the church. So well, listen, I'm going to qualify. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to qualify this to say I didn't grow up in the church. Right. So it all be heresy. You know, all I know is I'm going to share that up front. Okay. That I'm sharing from a heart of brokenness, sure. a heart of trying to do the works before Christ and after Christ, even yesterday. Because in my sin and failure, because of my trauma, I never felt I was good enough. Now that's the trauma of Adam. Because I'm not gonna go to my child, I don't have to go far from the garden. Uh, The first trauma, when Adam misinterpreted God, when he said, I'm gonna have you take care of this garden, he didn't have to work. And he gives him one little exercise. He says, but by the way, take your wife with you. Don't leave her alone. Not literally physically take her with you, but make sure she's covered. Right. Make sure you understand your number one relationship is to me. 
And it doesn't go your wife second, your kids third. No, it's God first, God second, God third. Because sometimes I'd be on the road and I go, honey, I get it home. It's Jonathan's birthday. It's Michael's birthday. No, it's George. Oh, Danielle's birthday. Oh, Nicole. Oh, what am I gonna do? I gotta get home. Five kids. Come on. And I get panicked. Yep. And she goes, baby, baby, baby. The day that we celebrate is the day you come home. We're gonna have a party on the weekend. You be about your father's business right where you are. I don't know how she did it. Um, I'm suffering from the trauma now because I'm home all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Much. Because, you know, I had like five procedures with my body in COVID three times. Maybe wow. Six, seven, so I'm getting ready for the, my mentor, Rick Marshall, says, uh, Guido, that's it. And ready to get back on the tour bus. I don't want to say that. I don't, I don't you know, I'll, I'll fly on a plane and meet the tour bus and go for a couple of days. <laughs> but I can't, I can't do five weeks on a bus or five weeks away from my couch and my family and my garden. So. Wow. I saw a quote from George Harrison last night. This is interesting. He says, you know, I'm in my garden. I feel so at peace. When I leave the garden, I feel like I'm in another planet that I don't belong. At the end of his life, I've heard it said that he came to conversion. I, I believe this is just, again, this is not theologically sound. But only on based on grace and love that I've experienced. Does God really say you have to say a sinner's prayer mm. for everybody in front of a church, bow your head with every eye closed? I have nothing against that. I come out of a evangelical heartbeat, and I want to see people saved, and I'll do anything to see that happen. But Saint Francis said that in everything you do, preach the gospel whenever necessary. Use words. The music God gave him convicted his own soul, my sweet Lord. And he came to an experience with God. Supposedly in the early days, someone came to Abbey Road and testified. I, a number of wow. times knocked on their door once and shared Christ with them. And they go, some crazy Jesus freak came by, you know, and then they went off into the hallucinogenics and whatever. But you've probably never done that. Anyway, never. <laughs> maybe some of your listeners have experienced the world to the level of darkness uh, that I experienced. But I watched a documentary the other night, and it just reminded me of the fatherlessness of our culture. Bro, 80% of guys in prison are fatherless. And when you ask them, they'll tell you that. And they really define that term fatherless when they talk about their struggles. You know, you got to define your terms, as Tex Cobb, the boxer, said. It's raising Arizona and lived here in Nashville. We used to meet at Hillsboro High to talk to kids. And, you know, you probably know him. He was in um, raising Arizona. He was the, the biker from Helen, raising Arizona. He was in Pet Detective. Oh, yeah. He was in Dragon Shop. Anyway, yeah. but he was a heavyweight champion of the world. So he's a man's man kind of guy. But when he would talk to people about who's bad, God's bad and take my life you can't that man right there taught me about god and how he stretches the arm so in my limited understanding he said once guido you know um when you say you're a christian you have to define your terms wow many times people would say to him you know are you a christian tax he goes find the terms white boy <laughs> man define and your they terms would tell him wow he, yeah so that's what we're struggling with. You know, are you a Nazi Christian? KKK Christian? Wow. Trump Christian? Biden Christian? Are you serving 
as a disciple and a son and a daughter in the Most High God, out of sonship and servanthood, out of love. Because there's a radical difference, TK. There's a radical difference when love comes in. Agreed. Love changes your perspective. It changes everything. But love is what's trying to consume our lives, like the burning bush. Burning bush. When Moses was met at the burning bush, the first encounter with God's presence that I see, other than Adam, is Moses encounters God, bush is on fire, but it's not being destroyed. That's your life as a follower of Christ. You're being consumed, not destroyed. Wow, that's a good perspective. I like that 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 visual. How uh-huh. how you how you put that just now with saying how the bush was not destroyed by God's consuming fire how it, right. it 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 was just it was it was it was an aspect of the bush right like i mean god right. came in and he and he he spoke with moses and the bush is burning mm-hmm. and then god you know went away and the bush was just fine i mean yeah and 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 what's crazy about it is when we try and put out the fire he warns us in scripture don't quench the fire of the holy spirit and i see the church doing that all the time I see myself doing it. I, I agree. I have to. Let me, let, when I, that's another disclaimer. When I say church, I'm talking about me as a follower of Christ because the church is my family. I'm never going to say that the church has done this evil, that evil to any extent other than I've been a partner of it because I'm part of the family. The problem is we will promote the family rather than the father. We, we, we walk with the family. When I was out with Jars of Clay and people were showing up with John 316 in the bars. And, you know, that was really my vision from the beginning because when Stripers, the first band, I'm going, never heard of such thing as Christian music. What are you talking about? <laughs> is, is there Christian cars and Christian business? And, <laughs> you know, how do you make something Christian other than a human who's creating this likeness? Now we can ask for God's blessing over the things of of inanimate objects or or businesses or things he's called us to or even ministry but the word christian is is a very it's a tough thing to to identify with them and and words are important to god you know he he says a lot about names and i told you about sonic flood uh, what they were before that zilch. oh i listened to that and by now, the way yes i did listen to the what you, the, yeah you did? yes oh, cool. yes that was uh uh, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because um, I think Jeff Dio, he's uh, he's an amazing artist. And he, mm-hmm. he I think every record he's ever put out, he always, he prays over his record recorded-wise every time. So that, that, mm-hmm. that on the original record of Sonic Flood, that was, yeah, I listened to that a couple of times. And Tim and Jason Halbert and Otto Price and Sugar um, Bear. Mark and Mark, yeah, Sugar yeah, Bear. Yeah, man. Um, Absolutely, it's crazy. I'm officiating his son's wedding. That's why things have been so chaotic. My grandkids just walked in. It's my grandson's sixth birthday. Wow. He calls he calls me his best bro. And, <laughs> and you know, they're saying is, we should have done this first with grandkids. Like I told a guy that on a retreat, he goes, no, no, don't strangle the first ones. The second ones are better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. But, but I want to be clear to your audience that, you know, I'm just one broken man. And I talk too much, I sin too much, I fail too much, but I do allow God's love to change me more every day, I hope. 
And my prayer is before I go to glory that all the people that I've ever wounded or offended with, not just my sin, but my religious ways or, you know, a lot of people think Guido's too intense, but they don't know my laughter. They don't know my humor. They don't get to know me. Anybody that really knows me know that in our family, if you can't quote Dumb Dumber, I gotta be careful what I say. <laughs> but comedy is what, comedy is what God gave me as a release to, to enjoy it. You know, to know that, I mean, for a long time, I didn't think God had a sense of humor because of my stifling upbringing and the pain of it. Then I meet Jesus, I went, man, I gotta be, like you said about people think, oh, you're a Christian, you know, you know God, God says real clearly that you're a work in progress. You know, my kids have taught me more about God and my wife, and I say the best theologians in my life are my children, my wife and my children, and not my grandchildren, because they, they drive me to my knees to pray. <laughs> I like how you added that. Because <laughs> you know what? You're right, man. It's and, and, you know, it's funny you bring that up. I have this sign in my, uh, in my dining room that says, it's uh, Thessalonians 5.17. It, it says, pray without season in all things. Like, just continually be in prayer. And you had mentioned this earlier in our conversation about how people, um, at least some people, perceive the, uh, the idea of accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior as this grandiose, you know, formality that they have to stand in front of an audience and there's got to be lights and smoke and everything. And, it, you know, I've, I did ministry in prison for 12 years. And I will tell you that I, more times than not, I've gotten to sit with guys that are doing life for murder, for, you know, heinous crimes, whatever. And I will say this, more times than not, those guys that have come to Christ and have My given their life up have done it in a, a six by nine cell by themselves at like three in the morning where there's no one around, there's no audience. Mm -hmm. So when you say like, and you know, and not to cut you off, but when you say, you know, your, your grandchildren drive you to prayer, you know, prayer is an interesting uh, thing because we can, I, I can be driving in, in, in traffic and just, just start talking to God. And it's so simple. It's so, it's so, um, it's casual. It's not this, you know, mm -hmm. classic hands kind of thing. So I really. It's all right, Mike. I'll go in my prayer closet. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, I, I just think that, um, like, you know, you know very candidly, um, they're looking at it like, well, that, you know, you know, we're coming over. And they're right. Yeah. But they don't know the backstory because, like, my dad used to say about business. The person on the phone has no idea what you're involved in at that moment. Before you put them on hold, explain or say, can I call you back basically to, to refocus and reprocess when you're in the middle of it because it may be a distraction. So I came to my prayer closet, which I have a new area at this age, which is downstairs by the fire. but. Um, yeah, so your kids teach you to pray without ceasing, and this is what this is. This is a literal place. There's a picture of Brent Barkas, there's my cousins. Brent Barkas. Who got saved. There's my son who almost lost his suicide and depression. Wow. Um, there he is as a baby, just so full of joy. And there's a picture of him married in a great new season of joy. There's all five of my kids. There's my wife in dancing, and she's pregnant with number four or five there's smitty in our prayer group oh, tim man. cook and blindside in sweden 
the first Bible study, the lead guy who led worship, who, uh, there's Blindside when I was in the studio with him in Sweden. So all these little knickknacks all around and countless five uh, hangers of passes, everything from Hits Deep to Daughtry. Hits to Deep, man. Smith, P.O.D. to Striper's recent tour to a picture of the tour with Smitty and Toby when we out on Jesus Freak and the DC Talk guys and the kids early days in black and white when we first got those, the first Billy Graham crusade. All these things around me are mementos to rest, to, to reassure my heart, my wife and I and our honeymoon. And on the top, there's four letters. My favorite words, hope. Hope. Good word. Which is, which is where we hang our faith and hope that it's not on us. It's all on you. Wow. And Jimmy holding my first uh, time I held the gold ring, you know, Lord of the Rings, uh, gold gold album, Stryker's first gold album. Ooh, ah. What was that like? We're like in the 1800s there, Michael? Back in the 1800s? Yeah, 1800 before dirt. Before, <laughs> before dirt. I love it, man. I love it. You're picking you up what I'm putting down, like, man. I love uh, it. Yeah, and there's Smitty when our first son was born. Smitty, man. He was, man, you know what's funny about Smitty Bros? I remember Smitty. A lot of people don't know this. But Michael W. Smith actually used to play keyboards for Amy Grant before he was Michael oh, W. Yeah. Smith. And oh, that's yeah. when I first started to um, really dig Smitty. He's one of my, man, it, it, of all the records, of all the songs he's put out, one of my all-time favorites is Kentucky Rose. Um, really? I yeah, I mean, I, we could sit here and we could shoot back and forth, you know, songs off of, I mean, you know, uh, Place in This World is one of my favorites. A Secret Ambition is yeah. one of my, like, I go into the gym and, and I'll sit there on the treadmill, man, and I'll sing Secret Ambition. Like, but Smitty, bro, he's all, and of all the artists that I've worked with in security and gotten to meet over the years and have, have gotten to sit and have one on one conversations, Michael W. Smith has been one I've never gotten to meet. And I would love well, to someday meet him. We got we to gotta change that. So we'll set, we're getting ready to go on our annual. That's how I got to Tennessee. I know we're not going in order here. No, you're we're good, man. No, we're, hey, we're just we're just talking, brother. This is good, man. This is good. This is good dialogue to get to know one another and just kind of share our hearts, man. I love this. Right. Because it's hard to get. And to and you got to keep me on track for the window because number one, I know you got to. Go yeah, I got about five minutes left, man. So we and but we can definitely um we, we can definitely pick up again, uh you know. Yeah, we should probably circle back to how I got saved and all yes. that. Yes. Just an opening dialogue to kind of get the texture and feel of, of how to. How to Talking with Michael Rocco Guido, man. That's. Yeah. What, wow, the, the the just the idea that I even am, I just got to say this, man. I got to preface this by saying this. You had also mentioned in this conversation that God has a sense of humor, and um, back in February of this year, I was in mm -hmm. my prayer closet and I was, I was in earnest prayer about somebody in my in, in, in you know not even that I knew at the time to come into my life and be just a mentor, somebody that could understand my life. Because I've met plenty of therapists, I've met plenty of counselors and people that, you know, they can speak about my experiences, but they can't speak 
on behalf of my experiences. And what I mean by that in a nutshell is I guarantee you as we get into these conversations that the things that you've gone through in your life, I am very willing to bet that you and I have experienced similar, if not the same types of trauma, uh, the same types of seasons of darkness, because, um, you know, the enemy does not like to see uh, us claim victory. And so when we claim victory over those things, it, 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 mm. it puts him in a, in a position to where he's like, what am I supposed to do now? Because these guys are walking in the victory God has put them in. And so mm. when you said that, and then in February I was praying and I said, God, bring me a mentor, somebody who can mentor me, not only musically, right? But somebody can mentor me in my walk with my wife, somebody who can mentor me in my walk with you. And then the Holy Spirit led me to, to reach out to you. Oh, yeah. You know, and here we are, man. And so you're saying, so what you're saying is God still got a chance. He's, or you still I still have a chance, chance because God has a good sense of humor. And, and here I'm talking to Michael Rocco Guido uh, and we're, we're developing a friendship. And I, I mean, that's amazing well, to me. Well, first of all, that's very honoring, but humbling. And second of all, um, regarding my name, let's be clear, clear my name. Let's not be clear, but clear. <laughs> Uh, we we may be queer in our conversation and a little bit off, but you know we can be happy about that um, because we're all a little strange and odd, like Paul said. Um, we are uh, aliens in this land. Yes, but but my my um, I was on the road in Philadelphia, and if you know much about Philly, I think you were out there recently. I was in April. Coast. Yes. Yeah. So they um, very strong Italian neighborhood, and every time I go there, I just love going to South philly and um, going to check in for the flight home after being with some brothers up there that work with athletes and chip who i introduced you and yeah. karis and who all know toby and anyway that's where i met him at toby's show at, at dc talk show anyway the guy grabs my license and i'm going oh gosh i'm in trouble i know i, I get profiled but okay this is crazy he goes comes back he goes i go oh man so what's wrong he goes oh no no problem man. we're just uh you know Looking for the most Italian name and Michael Rocco Guido's pretty. <laughs> I said, Well, my full name is Michael Rocco Eugene for my confirmation after my uncle Gino Guido. Wow. And he started laughing so hard. But that very Italian background, though it has a lot of wounds and trauma, um, not just socially and all the things I personally experienced also has a very redeeming past and even for the catholic church it didn't start off so corrupt so when you have poor leaders professing you got to do more to receive god's grace or you have to know it all my son said it best through his depression and like i said his brother one time when it was so hard and i was some real tough things were said about me the one who just got here michael angel who does those podcasts put his arm around me walked me out of the room he said dad no one this is at like 10 years old dad no one defines you but god maybe 12. only god dad and uh his brother had told me dad you know the problem with most christians and people of faith they have all the answers but no questions now these guys are scientists one got a full ride jonathan the oldest one uh, he was top of his class, valedictorian, AB, and honors, and, and you know, competing with students all over the world, four essays a day, going after God. They called him Jesus. He'd be reading his Bible if he were class, leading people to the Lord. 
and just so much pressure on himself was unbearable. He almost lost him. Um, but in in that process, he still spoke so and still does. We were with him on our anniversary and said, "Oh, don't fit, son. We're with you for our 37th. You were conceived on our honeymoon." And <laughs> he goes, "Daddy, you know what that really says is that you look at the cosmos and all of the creation." Hubble goes out as science finds more and more questions, and science and faith are reconciled. They reconcile, right? They they work together, and they're not at opposed as Christians many times. Not all Christians. Our board members are nuclear engineer, and he said, "Daddy, how small is God when he fits in your brain?" Wow! And who would want to serve a God that small that you could figure him out? And now he looks just like you. Who would want to serve that? Wow! And we've got people continuing to elevate pastors, teachers, musicians, leaders, and I want to be real clear. I'm not one of those guys that has a lot to say that may matter. I hope, I hope it matters in one sense through the process of our friendship and interviews or whatever. I do think it's more about our friendship, Amen. and I'll be willing to to go as deep as you want in our friendship as you're willing to. And in this interview, we'll have to kind of limit it by because <laughs> <laughs> we may get off track. But I will say this: that. Not many people are really willing to confess how ignorant we are. You know, knowledge will puff you up, but love will build you up. Ooh. Man, you got so and many profound the... things to say. And oh, that's that's scripture, bro. No, that's I know, but I'm saying like, but right. And w- but what I love about this, and we, I am on about, I, I got about a minute and a half left. Um, but what I mean by that is the 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 way that God has. Um, you know, cultivated you and, and put you in the role that you're in, and called you to do what you do. It's it's profound in the sense that when you speak, you know, I've heard teachers speak, and I, I won't go deep into this, but I've heard teachers speak over the years, and I listen to them, and I go, "What are you talking about? Right? Like, you don't make any sense. Where does that say that in scripture?" And then I hear. Well, most people say that about me. Well, but but I'm listening to you, and and the Holy Spirit is. I have moving. too many thoughts at once, and they all come. And out. It's, I love that. That's the transparency of of who we are, and I think that when we as uh, believers and just as imperfect people. When we speak on the things that God has given us, it says, for the things of God are not discerned by the natural man, for those things are foolish to him, right? To understand the things of God, you have to have this, the mind of Christ. You have to have that spirit. And I explained that to a non-believer recently because he's like, well, and, and I, hate the, I hate the term if. Anybody that knows me, anybody that's listening knows that I hate that term if because the term if to me is a doubt word. Because it doesn't, it, Jesus didn't say, if I come back, Jesus says, I'm coming back. Now, when he comes back, that's that's when he comes back but it's not if he's coming back right there's things that have to happen for that to happen but it's like when you say if i accept christ i'm that's going a to great heaven, insight right? right so right. so when years ago i started to no when I, I like to say when you accept right him. right because sooner or later you're going to accept him but the destination has been secure right. to you to welcome him. right you know good. you will be you will be with God forever, one way or another, under the blessing. And so what we talk about on this thing, I say many times, bro, is when we talk about stuff, and again, I want to be careful because I don't want to willfully stumble people when we get real honest. Because 
But I do think this is what God's calling the church to do, get honest about sin. He says in the scriptures, in, in, in real clearly, make this your common practice, confess your faults to one another. You'll cause them to open up before you and before me. And by so doing, healing begins. When you are vulnerable and real, and I am vulnerable and real, we set up an environment for the Holy Spirit to begin to work. But we contend pretending. You know, he comes where he's welcomed. He's not welcomed with phoniness and pretending. He's welcomed with gut rot. He hung out with notorious sinners. That's what the message calls it. That fits our culture. They'll understand that. But the reason I use the message, the passion, new living, good news, I, my study Bible is a new King James. But when I'm trying to translate to word picture guys who create in their mind word pictures with songs, do you think they're going to understand the and thou? So getting to the scripture you read, and I'm going to read it in the Passion. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? I answered, who are you, my Lord? Who are you, my master? He said to me, I am. I am Jesus, the victorious. Jesus, the Nazarene, the word means the branch of Sion. The Aramaic word implies the little of an heir, the title of an heir of a powerful family or one who is victorious, Jesus the victorious. Somewhere beheaded. Yeah, you don't recover from that one. Right, you're pretty much done, yeah. Yeah, so Coptic Christians, I've, I've, I've met a few and was with one on Saturday night on our anniversary, and he was telling me that the reason they're so peaceful when they're in those orange jumpsuits and got recently beheaded by these terrorist organizations who are religious, again, believing that they have the right answer. They're, 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 they're not crucifying them. They're not shooting them. They're not whipping them. They're, they're beheading them. You know what they, why they're so quiet? It's the humblest, highest honor they feel because Jesus said about his cousin, John the Baptist, there is no such faith in all of Israel. Ooh, the oldest Christians in the world are Coptic Christians. And they believe that if they get called to be martyred like that, it's the highest honor. How many believers in America are willing to give up their right to be right? The choosing parties and policy. They have elevated the, the, the Constitution and the government of the United States above the government of God and His Word. And they've elevated the founding fathers above the apostles, prophets, teachers, and disciples who gave their very lives that this truth would set us from on our journey from England to start a country under the name of Jesus. We don't have to tell everybody that. He knows. It's his country. Yeah, and actually, yeah. actually, all the people who, like you said, that don't believe we're Christians is because they don't see any difference. We live just like them. Our marriages are just as bad, right? That's why I don't like to do a lot of weddings. Like I said, the irony of this wedding coming up, it will be two little kids that I knew when my kids, my kids were a little older, but Otto's son is marrying David Wyatt's um, daughter. D-Dove? Yep. David's. Wow. I mean, that, that talk about keeping it in the family for sure, man. Like, well, it didn't hit me until I was with him the other night. We were doing a little premarital thing. And... So I appreciate your prayers for that. That's a Saturday. For sure. 
Brother, I love you, man. I am looking forward to continuing our journey on this uh, conversation. And uh, let's do it. All right, man. We'll, we'll we'll catch up next week, bro. Hey, send me a text at the end of the day. Let me know your day went well. For sure, brother, man. I will definitely reach out. Wow. What an interesting conversation with my man, Michael Rocco Guido. We are going to dive into some more next week. Hopefully uh, talk about some things that started his journey in music. Who knows? Because the Holy Spirit's moving. I feel it. I know that God's uh, got a plan for this specific series. So I hope you enjoy it. You've been listening to TKZ Brigade, the Michael Rocco Guido series. You can find the podcast on every major platform, Anchor, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. Please go like and subscribe. Please share with a friend. Please hit that support button. It's like a buck a month. It's nothing. It really helps out to bring more valid content. So until next week, take it easy.